podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Gibbo's had a pint in the sun. He's got his head gone. <laughs> I feel like I've had these. It's so about it, isn't it? Liverpool, what a city. <laughs> absolutely. The sun's shining off your forehead at the moment. It's because I like this. It's absolutely <laughs> unreal. He's come to meet us. He was a little bit late. He's brought some uh, He's brought some Americans here you might hear in the background very, very soon. You've, you, I feel like you've had a massive 45 minutes. Yeah, what are them? <laughs> Excellent stuff. Uh, so going right the way through this week on City Talk, we have got coming uh, Heather Carroll and Sue Smith. Really excited to have Sue Smith. They're coming to talk about women's football uh, and the spring series where Liverpool find themselves six points clear uh, by the way uh, and playing fantastic football they scored four goals in three consecutive games I know I've, seen, I've been watching the boss aren't they oh, unreal um, they're like the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> they really are but they're all about I, was, I, I say on the show they've got an average age of about 12 um, <laughs> phenomenal phenomenal football being played by them at the moment all those young women coming together there so we're going to talk to Sue and Heather about that as well uh, and also obviously we're going to talk later on to Jay McKenna about uh, the supporters committee being disbanded and what that means for supporters engagement with reference to Liverpool Football Club may not be a bad thing uh, is one of the things that we can take from it but I don't want to preempt. I'll let Jay speak later on um, so uh, but the most important thing of the weekend from our point of view most definitely is this game on Sunday Steve Graves it's it, it's 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 you feel so ridiculous really I've been you know I'm sure you found the same thing you you're thinking about it constantly it's on your mind all the time you feel as though you're just talking it up ridiculously it's it's home against Middlesbrough on the one hand but it's sort of a game which could well define the the the, the two years either side of it on the other yeah massively in terms of where Liverpool go next who Liverpool can recruit just what what a good time we have next season um, everything about Liverpool's status it just feels like a really important say it feels like a really important game that said I'm not obsessing over it I don't think Liverpool will lose it um, or even draw it I think that, that Liverpool should be more than good enough to beat Middlesbrough. I think they are. Um, previous former, you know, people can point to things like Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace are much better than Middlesbrough um, and had something to put at stake in that game. Um, I think Liverpool will win the game and it will be seen as a significant step forward um, for the club. And this whole season, which it already should be seen as a significant step forward, will, will that will sort of be confirmed. And I think people have kind of gone a bit cold on this whole season um, because you know Liverpool dropped off from from potentially challenging for a title, um, it'll come. I hope and think it'll come to be seen as a, as a very important season in Liverpool's modern history. Very important season in Liverpool's modern history. Liverpool win the game; they get seventy six points. John, it's the second best season of the decade so far. Yeah, someone was asking me about this. Um, a, a fan of another club, and they were like, "Well, when was the last time you got seventy this many points?" And I was like, "Well, thirteen, fourteen. You know, we got 86 and he said, oh, before that, I said, well, you've got to go back to 0809. And they went, what about before that? And then you're going back to who they are and you're 0102. And so, you know, we, we can't sniff it 76 points because we, we, we don't have to write two in terms of what we've done. It's a huge season for Liverpool if we can get there. I think it might just feel like this because, you know, we're all we're all a bit self-involved. But I feel like it's more important than Liverpool for Liverpool than any other top six us getting the Champions League, I think it's. I think it is really, really important for us. I think. I think you know the the, the two who who would drop out if we do get there or, or get by, and I think those above us would as well. I think for us, you know, it is really important we get there in terms of the message it sends, in terms of what it says to the the players who are here, the really good players who are here, and the ones who want to attract it. Liverpool is a club moving forward. We're, we're moving forward anyway, I believe, and I agree with Steve on that. But I think this this tells the whole world we are, and and people, you know, will have a more of a look at Liverpool than maybe the word anyway yeah I, I, I think it's uh, important to the club's project as well I don't think it is you know I think it represents something about us being back in there 
Um, I think it's vital to the club's projects. I think it would have been a real big problem for Klopp moving forward and convincing players to come of, I'll come this summer because we'll get Champions League next summer. Because I think those clubs will look at it and say, well, there's a top six now. And how can you be sure mm. that without having it this year, you can invest enough to be in it next year? You know, being in it's the thing. You know, Man, Man United are a different beast in this, but you know, Arsenal, I think, will struggle. They, they might have players who were maybe considering going there thinking, really? Mm, I'm not quite sure I see how you get back into this. And the same could easily be said of Liverpool. Well, you know, you could easily imagine, you know, players might think something more money and you'll get them back there. For Liverpool, it's a, you know, it, it is now or never, I think, really. I, I think it, we'd, we'd struggle. The fans would also just feel just so disheartened of, we had such a good season early on and we've still been there and thereabouts and then it's literally... And we've beaten, and we've beaten and just, all of them sides. Yeah, you know, we're around. better than them. We, we, we've know, shown on the pitch that we We know we're better than this Liverpool that we see. We know we can be so much better. We just need to apply consistency now. It's like, we can be really good and we should be testing ourselves and the players might kick on and it would just feel like a, it'd feel like a, you know, a punch in the gut. I think you've touched on like how, the way that the, this project works and the way that, the way that Klopp likes to recruit, we talked about this before, that I don't, I don't think he likes to buy for the sake of it. I think he likes to buy an improvement or a work with what he's got yeah. by yeah. and large, um, which would be pretty, you know, would probably make for a pretty dispiriting summer in some ways, yes. because I think he would probably rightly not, not go on and spend loads of money on players who wouldn't really improve us. Um, but equally then you're kind of looking at the same, pretty much the same, players maybe a slightly deeper squad and and some of the same problems whereas it really feels like if you can take that extra step in recruitment you can solve at least a couple of the, the problems yeah it was funny i was thinking about this uh, before and you know the the benitez where he where he turned hosami into kwan Kampen into arbaloa i mean klopp's not having any of that is he no he's just waiting for arbaloa he's waiting to get any arbaloa yeah, yeah. yeah and even arbaloa is a bit of a gamble i mean because he then sends arbaloa to glenn johnson if yeah. you know what i mean if yeah, you go the whole hog yeah, with, yeah. with benitez well, uh, yeah yeah um, but, yeah. but he, you know, Abelow, he gets him for a, you know for a couple of million quid from Madrid, and he's he sort of just he's got into crying camp for about a couple of million quid, and he thinks so. This that fellow might be a bit better. But he's bought. He's bought those two for for knowing that it's for a season. Yeah. Whereas I don't yeah. think Klopp's interested in that. Yeah, so. and that's it. Well, Liverpool don't have the money to buy for more than a season if we don't get Champions League football. I don't think. I don't think Klopp's that manager. I don't think Liverpool have got that kind of project. And then look at Man United. They were fifth, and they went and signed players to try and get fourth, and went and signed. The Bundesliga player of the year, Ibrahimovic and Pogba finishing sixth. It's like it's not so easy to do. That so breaking people think that breaking into it, yeah, is, is huge for us. And if we can say we've done it with the players we've got, there's a reason well, Klopp and go to sign better players, you know, and he, and he can keep players happy as well. He can go and sign say a better Alana and says to him, Yeah, but lad, you're gonna still play. 25, 30 games I mean, here. Because... I'll just stop you there, Jay. There's no such thing. <laughs> but, but, but I, I know your points. No, exactly. Yeah. You're sign that better. But, 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 but you're, you're right. That keep he, he, he says it's Henderson. I think he says it's Henderson. If he signs a, a fielder, I think he's mm. saying it's Henderson. You're not playing all the time, mate. You're still club captain, but you're not playing all the time. But you're going to play 25 of my league games and you're going to play three or four in Europe. But also, yeah, keeping your players, you know, not having this this battle of, you know, say Coutinho or kind of willy, won't he kind of thing. If, if, if you're able to just lay out there and say you're keeping him. There's just man hours and time and, and, and emotional energy that you're not expending on just clinging on to what you've got. You're actually spending that energy on actually improving. Well, he, well he's a player, like Coutinho, you mentioned, he's a player who I think, if Liverpool don't get Champions League football this year, is genuinely having a, a conversation with his agents, an honest one of saying, like, I need to think what my options are and when are my opportunities to move? Is it now, January or next summer? He has to think that and ask that question. On the energy and the hours thing, John, and it actually goes back to your, to your, your Hosmi, Kronkamp, Arbaloa points, which is, 
that you know it's all the work that's gone into the enterprise up to this point. That yeah. the manager's got his, his core players, and there's there's you know there's there's a question around storage and put storage off to one side for a second. We'll, I'm sure we'll come on and talk to talk about him, but the rest of them, every other player that's sort of been mentioned here in, in dispatches as we've gone around in this conversation, they've all now had the length of time they've had working with Klopp. They've had the time they've had with each other, also including under Brendan Rodgers when they've been working together. And the point is that the enterprise now is is to do this one last game in order to, to be ready to do the next thing. That's what, there's only so much that Klopp can do. with. There's, however good he is on the training pitch, there's only so much he can get out of them. And he's had now the full extended pre-season. He's made them run for their lives. They've done all of this. They need to see the fruits of that reward. Yeah, they do. And I think that's how they feel as well. I don't think that's just how we feel and the manager feels. I think the players are very focused on that. You know, you've you've seen players determined to get onto that football pitch, no matter kind of what they're carrying and what they're doing. They've seen, you know, how we've played. Yeah, we ended up tearing... West Ham apart, but before the storage goal, it was you know it was it was earning the right to play that you know that that old kind of fashion saying really. And these four four away wins on the bounce, you know they've shown everything in terms of you know the mental fortitude, in terms of you know the, the skill when they've been able to play and just determination to get over the line. And I see that in this football team at the moment, and that's as pleasing as as the attacking football that we saw in the well maybe not quite as pleasing because that was great but you know <laughs> but 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 almost there you know what I mean you've you've seen different sides of this football team throughout the season and I am enjoying this one now and to go back to what Steve said straight to start I, I think they'll I think they'll blow Middlesbrough away because I think you know we've got to remember we went there away and, and beat them 3-0 when, when they are plenty to play for in their backyard you know on a Wednesday night under the lights <laughs> and, and we and we blew them away 3-0 with you know without really and we weren't playing great then and so you know you think, I think I think they're just they're just so focused and I think they're just so determined to get over the line I just don't see how Middlesbrough game unless you know you never know with football and that's why we love it and all that because you know it can be unpredictable and the keeper can have a worldie and things can bounce off bars and things but you know save for a freak freak afternoon I just don't see how we don't get over the line now the, 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 the John's right to point out the work that's been put in the work that's been put in these weeks Steve and and you know it's it's whilst it's been frustrating uh, going to Anfield last couple of weeks last couple of games um it's also worth pointing out that the, the it's an excellent set of away results. The graph that John's referring to there, and also in key moments, the quality. We were at West Brom together, and there's the there was the uh, you know there was the the, the the period of time, for instance, just after half time, where for 15 minutes they actually blew West Brom away when they were one 0 up, and then they didn't get the goal the, the second as they do against West Ham, and then they go from yeah. there. But these you know they've shown not just the fortitude that you need but they have you know to this point they have shown the quality that they need and, and it's, it's one more go at this lads yeah quality and problem solving and I th- you know if you'd looked at these last let's say six games um, and someone had offered you the points total and, and everyone would have bitten your hand off it's the fact that it's a couple of the ways that the three points have unex- maybe unexpectedly a couple of ways that you might have put down as draws um, and it's gone the other way at home um, that probably makes people just a little bit unsettled and I sort of understand that but you know you look at the defensive record recently is is you know virtually impeccable, um, and yeah they've 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 solved problems in in games, and look, looked able to sort of control the pace of games at times in ways that maybe even in the first half of the season they weren't as able to do. Albeit you know they were they were able to like score loads of goals, which is good. Um, it it they they they've looked like maybe a slightly more intelligent team if if one with a little bit less brio and verve about them. Um, part of which is down to personnel and part of which perhaps is just you know legs through the season and part and, and again part of which I guess is tactical and other sides adapting to, to what you do but Liverpool have, have found ways around that Jay just to sort of sum it up before we get uh, get into the into the first break here there is this is 
the manager's already talking about the transfers. He's already having that conversation today, which I think is, is interesting in and of itself. That he's he's because he, he, he's rarely gone down that route in the past. So even it suggests there with him, it's it's been a long campaign for the, for this Liverpool side. Without European football, it's felt like a long campaign. It's felt like you know it's it's been tired at times, and it's had it's had the ups and it's had the downs, and 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 the ups coming back in again. It's all in. It's 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 everything on the line in one match, and it's. It's interesting to me that the manager's prepared, even at this stage, to start talking about new players when everything he said in the past has been training ground, training ground, training ground. Yeah, I I think that just underlines the importance of it to him and what he wants to achieve with the club. I think he's... Do you think he's took a bit of a gamble last summer on, we'll do this with these lads, but then I'll need new ones and maybe have that conversation? Yeah, he, I think he's done what John said. I'm not going to bring them in for a year because he's expecting Liverpool to get in the Champions League this year. He thinks and knows they're good enough. He's seen them close up. He's seen the opposition close up and he's thought... Nah, I can do this. He's had he's had that eight nine months into his head, and he thought, Nah, I can do this. We'll do this. We'll, we'll, we'll give me a full season with these, and I'll get them there and then thereabouts. And we've seen at the beginning of the season, he'll, he'll have learned from that. They're really, 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 really good. And if you add to them now, they can be that good again. He's seen them drop off on that. Well, it's, you know, he'll have learned a few things about the players. But he, for him to be saying that kind of thing about players, he must have been sat there for the last few weeks and months, certainly talking to scouts and agents about who's going to come in in the summer I don't think he's sat there thinking well if we finish fifth we'll bring these ones in if we finish fourth or third we'll get these ones I think he's just sat there thinking right we're going to finish third or fourth and I'm going to get these players I think you're absolutely right those are the, those are the players he's been looking at whether it's been you know the most exciting and I think it probably is exciting young players yeah. who are you know we've, we've heard people talking about Mbappe um, you know Cessignon I think is, is someone who while he's very young, is is you know is incredibly exciting. Um, so you know these are the, if, to hear these kind of players be the kind of people that you are linked with um, is 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 exciting and it puts you on the front foot and it just makes yeah. you feel like things are going in the right direction and and also to a certain extent it, it keeps those more senior players happier as well because th- there's that sense that the club is 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 moving forward. You're not bringing in and you know if you if you offer me Ibrahimovic, you'd probably say we'll work around the problem. That Ibrahimovic posed, not the fact that he can't, you know, like walk and run at the minute. Um, you, you know, just big problem though. Yeah, it is a big problem for a footballer. Um, but you know, if 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 you, you those kind of players can can certainly help you in, in in a season. But you know, if you're looking at five, six years, seven years, um, that's what you should be be looking at to to, to go. You've you've got to this position and, and, and build from there. Okay, this is the Unfilled Rap on Radio City Talk. After the break, I'm talking to Heather Carroll and Sue Smith about Liverpool ladies and the women's game in general. Uh, we'll be back with these three gentlemen in front of me after seven o'clock. Welcome back, Radio City Talk. Made up to have Sue Smith join us with Heather Carroll. But I've decided, Heather, that Sue might not be quite as big a star of the show as she might be because Liverpool ladies <laughs> are just playing too well. 4-0 against Sunderland. 30 yards getting banged in. Solo efforts with people running from distance. <laughs> and, and as I was saying to you, the lift on the way up, there's an average age of this team of about 12. This must be uh, about as much fun as you can have now. Yeah, we're having a final time, to be honest with you. I can't wait to go to get to Bristol tomorrow and um, see them score another four goals. Well, that's what they're doing every single week. Yeah. So I've made up that you've come to join us and have a chat about... about in general really because this spring series it was a funny thing when it was set up but yeah. it doesn't feel like it's I mean it's easy to say from a Liverpool perspective but it doesn't feel like a really good intensive showcase for the talent of these women yeah no I think it is and, and it was clearly set up to, to bridge the gap because obviously moving from the, the summer league into the winter league they had to put something in there because a lot of the players are going to the Euros and yeah. it was too long of a gap for them not to play competitive football but I think a lot of people have actually been surprised at how competitive it has been and how enjoyable the games have been because you think, oh, it's just a few friendlies, you know, there's nothing really to play for. But actually, 
actually, it's it's been so good to watch. And when you speak to fans and when you speak to players themselves, they're loving it. Do you think it's helped that the it's helped the players themselves and the coaches relax? I mean, I've mentioned there how young Liverpool side is. It's as though you know Scott Rogers is having a look at a few younger yeah. players. Do you think it sort of helped across the league? Everyone sort of gone. You know what? It's not the proper full season. We can relax. We can play off football. Definitely, yeah. And it gives you an opportunity, doesn't it, to, to try new things? Whether it's your your tactics. So if you want to change, maybe from a, a four four two to a, a four three three, you can then obviously go and and trial that out. You can trial new players. You can try some of the younger players out and and see if they can compete at that highest level. So yeah, it is about sometimes having a little bit of fun, giving them a bit of confidence as well. So you play a young player, they do really well. Then you you start them obviously. They get the next there. game. Of course they do. Yeah, that's what you've seen watching Liverpool, isn't it? Have a, you know, it's. I mean, Liverpool are a slightly different. This could be one of the reasons why they are top and doing as well as they, they're doing. Last season was, you know, there was a lot of young players got opportunities last mm-hmm. season, but they've got them even more so this season, and 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 they are just currently scoring four every week. If the opposition score four, great. But you know that appears to be the, the, the rules all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, you know, Scott did say he wants to use this to, you know, showcase the young players. Um, and he said in his pre-match program notes against Sunderland that he was going to give a run of games to Neve Charles, and you know she's certainly taking that opportunity. You know she's um, she's currently performing really well down the left hand side with Alex Greenwood and Tash Harden in the middle, and you know she's been unlucky not to bag herself a goal. I'm sure, it, it's coming though. There's well, there's yeah. there's so many of them uh, yeah. who, who are impressing uh, at Liverpool. So yeah, and I was just going to say as well, playing there the younger players with some of the experienced players. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you mentioned Alex Greenwood. There's obviously Casey Stoney's come in there. Jess Clark's just signed, and they're experienced players at WSL. So if you've then got a younger player coming through the, the ranks and they're they're performing with those players week in week out, they're going to improve as a player and gain that confidence and, and that experience I suppose at yeah, playing at that level it's the mix as well isn't it you know these young players are coming in now and tra- getting the experience to train with Casey Stoney yeah. you know they are training with them in the week and then they come out and they get to play on the football pitch and you can hear her talking them through the yeah. game as well and they will learn you know, from that yeah, they? And when Ellie Fletcher come off the bench you know she's playing alongside she went in at right back alongside Gemma Bonner and Casey Stoney and you could hear the two of them talking to her and Siobhan Chamberlain talking to her and you know, what an experience for her that's going to be is that I want to sort of go right the way back because you've come in soon and you know you 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 were playing you played for twenty three years now you still you maybe sound really old well you still you still, you still might, might may not be looking for a club we'll come to that in a minute but there's the wins about the development of the game one of the things that's just struck me in the sort of the last four or five years where I, where I be, have my eye on what Liverpool ladies are doing is that there's there appears to be a greater sort of a greater tactical curve for the players that that, that now appear you know where it was it was previously a lot of people just had to sort themselves out and yeah. look after themselves whereas now you know you've got the way in which your teammates operate you've got the whole framework around these players Definitely. it appears that they get they get much more support than you probably did when yeah. you first started oh, of course yeah well I had to start playing for a, a boys team and I suppose you'd, if you spoke to a lot of people at my age that's what they had to do because yeah. there wasn't those opportunities there wasn't the girls teams that you could join there wasn't their sense of excellence the academies and, and now they have that so they can progress through they can develop through you know when I, I played for England I was 17 and I went straight into the senior squads you know whereas now they've obviously got the under 15s or 17s or 19s and, and that helps you as a player you're getting coached very well from a very early age so when these players are coming through they're coming through at a high level um, and like you say the support they've got the sports science support they've got um, you know the, the nutrition they've got everything that they could possibly need and and the highest quality coaching um, which again is going to always make them a, a top player and the fact that they're professional you know they're not trying to combine yeah. their work with their football or their studies with their football which you know we had to do for, for a good number of years 
on all that then to sort of to again also then playing with the teammates who themselves are on that tactical curve so for instance you're not just talking about you know for instance back when Becky Easton was playing yeah. when Becky's sort of working with someone well she's had to go through what, what, what you've described there whereas Gemma Bonner now had sort of five seasons with this with that intensive progress so a young a young woman comes in and plays right back next to her well of course she's going to talk her through the game yeah, of course she is yeah and and she's a leader as is Casey Stoney and, and those sort of players will want to help the younger players coming through and, and they will talk them through games and and even after the game it's it's helping them how can they do better what sort of things do they need to improve on and they'll do that in the in the best possible way because they are good leaders both like on and off the field so they the great players to have in and around your squad <laughs> Um, and they've led to Liverpool being six points clear, albeit with a couple of sides who've got two games in hand, Heather. Mm-hmm. But they've got to get those points on the board. It's it's shaping up already, considering the fact that it's going to be an eight-game league now. It's shaping up that you know Liverpool have got two really rather winnable games next against what could end up actually just effectively being a final against Manchester City last game. Yeah, it's it's really um, played out interestingly this spring series. I think a lot of people didn't really you know expect Liverpool to perform too well. You know, we at the start of the at the start of the campaign we didn't really have a strong squad and it's kind of steadily built itself up over the course. But, you know, we've had a couple of not county players, of course, but especially with the addition of the youth players who've yeah. been performing well. And you know we've put ourselves in a really good position. You know we're top of the top of the table, uh, as you said, six points clear, and we've still got to play Chelsea and Man City, who have still got to play each other as well. So you know there's, there's points to be dropped there. Um, mentioned the Notts County thing there, so it's yeah, it's, I mean it's it's uh, it, again it's back to the way in which football clubs are run, and we know Notts County are a different setup in general to Liverpool, and with, yeah. with, with everything that Liverpool can offer versus Notts County, it's you know it's difficult, it's difficult at that level of football club, but it showed a. An unnecessary insecurity, really, around around a women's game that was yeah. that was beginning to look, you know, that was really burgeoning. And the idea that that a Premier League, a WSL one team, can have that happen to them was really not a good thing. At no, all. not at all. And and it was sad. It was the timing of it, the fact that it was yeah. literally just before the Arsenal game. So you know, these girls then had to go out and find a club, and and thankfully a lot of them have. But still, there's still some players mm. that haven't got a club. Laura Bassett, who's uh, obviously playing for England mm. uh, in the Euros, and you think she won't play in the Spring Series. So it was really sad that that happened. But like you said, I think. I think it just shows that there still is that little bit in women's football where if they don't have a you know that the support of, of a, a major club behind them or they're not self-sustainable you know Notts County got into massive debt and, and obviously what's the first thing to go unfortunately it's the it's the women's game and and it's tough and it's tough for the players and, and when you speak to them they say it's probably the worst thing that's happened to them in football um but hopefully it'll give an opportunity for another club to, to come up and, and try and keep themselves and sustain themselves into the league there's, I mean it's worth pointing out just just in the, what you say there Sue there's a lot of there's a lot of good clubs in the second flight uh, there's a yeah. lot of good clubs a lot of good clubs both sort of attached to good clubs and also just a lot of good clubs in general definitely and, and they'll all be probably bidding to go into the, the FAWSL1 so I know the likes of Everton Doncaster Bells they'll definitely be be bidding to get up there so it'll give them a, another opportunity but it is just sad to see that happen to a, a club that has got a lot of good players had good manager a very good manager Rick Passmore you know so it's you just you want to see them stay in the game in some capacity when we talk about the way in which that direction of travel as I say it's it's one of the few blips before we come on to sort of talk about the the, the club versus country debate in this that the other thing to, to to point out is last year last season's champions Manchester City's sheer quality and and the seeming commitment to that quality the ongoing development of that quality it's it, you know across across the whole of the division it's been it's, it's been phenomenal to watch yeah it has and I think a lot of people when Man City actually got into FAWSL1 I think it was you know because Doncaster Bells got you know they got put down and yeah. it was it, it left a, sour taste for yeah it did people. yeah and there was a few raised eyebrows but the way that Man City are going about things that the structure the development as 
it has been a pleasure to watch and, and the fact that they've got the amount of money that they have to bring in players like the world player of the year Carly Lloyd I think that just it, it just makes it difficult for other teams to compete with that um, but again if you speak to players in and around Manchester City they'd say we wouldn't go to another club because of the facilities that they've well, got on that just to sort of I'll bring Heather back in a second something me and Heather talk about quite a lot really is how it's still in the women's game. The, the finances remain somewhat sort of shrouded in mystery. You yeah. know what I mean? So we, no one's quite clear on, for instance, what Carly Lloyd's getting paid to come and do this. Not that they necessarily need to be. It doesn't need to be sort of on the back of tabloids. It's more what you say there about the fact the only worry would be that you end up with a, with one, with maybe one, maybe two sides that are able to have genuine clout and everyone else is scrapping. And then almost like a, a Bayern Munich in German, in German men's football right. scenario, where basically if, let's say, through the spring series, three or four Liverpool players genuinely impressed. They could get offers, which for them would be brilliant, which could double, treble what they're currently earning, but Liverpool can't match it. No, you're right. And that's the problem. That's what you don't want to see. You don't want you don't want to see it implode, do you? You don't want to see Man City being right up there. Nobody can compete with them. They, they bring in the best players. And then we talk about Liverpool developing players and bringing young players through. You think, will that affect Manchester City if they can just go out and buy the best centre midfielder in the world or go and buy the best centre half in the world? You don't want to stop that from happening because the whole point of the WSL was to try and improve the national team. So you think to improve the national team, you need to do, keep developing the, the English players. So yes, it's great to see these players coming into our country and, and playing the likes of Carly Lloyd, Crystal Dunn, you know, the American players that want to come over and play, but you don't want to stop that development really. Yeah, it's, it's interesting as well. You know, when you say early, you know, when Martin City did come into the league, it was Doncaster Bells, you know, that you were at, at the time. Yeah. They just got relegated before they'd even kicked the ball of the, the season, you know, prior to it. And, you know, at the time, a lot of people were saying, well, that's not just not fair. But since, you know, I think Man City have shown, you know, with their commitment to women's football, they, they show if you put the money in, you'll reap the rewards. You know yeah, what I mean? They've, they've gone out, they've bought these players, they've won these trophies, but they are putting a lot of money into their youth system as well. You know, they've brought a couple of girls up, they've brought Jan- Georgia Stanway up from their development squad, who's playing for them. And I think it's showing also, if you, you do put the money into it, you'll get the attendances back as well. You know, yeah. their, their attendances are phenomenal at the uh, Etihad campus. Okay, this is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Uh, after the break, I'm going to be talking to uh, Jay McKenna especially, but also Steve Graves and John Gibbons about the LFC Supporters Committee, what's going on there, and then looking ahead to Liverpool versus Middlesbrough. However, if you listen to this as a podcast rather than as a radio show, I'm going to continue chatting away quite happily uh, to Heather and Sue about the other things I've got on my list, uh, some of which will make Sue feel old, but she's just going to have to cop for it. Back in a minute. So you stay with the podcast, then excellent. Uh, so it's still Sue and Heather. Uh, we're still chatting away about about the entire sort of uh, stage of the women's game. I said at the start, absolutely made up that Sue's come in to talk to us and taking the time to do so. So we just want to get more out of her uh, through this conversation, <laughs> me and Heather. And it's we were talking there uh, just just before we, we we went through that that sort of break process about the Manchester City question, but. What it also throws up, and you said that WSL was there for the for, in order to create players for the national side, and that's something that's quite certainly in you know in a, in a in a Merseyside sense, or even in a Northwest sense, that's something that sort of sticks in the craw of general the general right way in which football works. But that's the path that the FA have chosen to go down, and that's where the the focus will be because it's and I think it's easy because it coalesces everyone around one idea, which is the summer tournaments as they come, yeah. and I'm expecting a lot of fuss about this summers as well. Yeah, definitely, and I, I think because of how well England performed in in Canada in the World Cup, so I think expectations are, are quite high. They expect England to go there and 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 do well, yeah. um, and there's no reason why they can't. You look at the teams that they're playing against. 
And of course, you always come up against Germany and you always worry and you're always concerned. But the fact that the girls now have beaten Germany, yeah. I think that's a, a real mental sort of advantage, if you like, because when you haven't beaten them, you, you used to turn up in games and even though you'd go in there really prepared, as soon as you went a, a goal down, you think, oh, not again. Whereas these girls now that they've got, know that they've got the ability to, to do so. So yeah, expectations are, are massively mm. high, I think, for the summer. Yeah, and they beat Germany on the big stage as well, didn't they? Yeah. You know, it was a, you know, the, it was a fair place playoff, it wasn't was, it? Yeah. You know, when they got a last minute penalty and, and Fanny Williams stepped up at home you know so I think they've got that confidence now that they can go and perform against the best when you when all of this stuff Heather what we've always come back to is the is the desire to represent the game uh, mm-hmm. and that's something which is you know it's it's huge and it's become a massive part of the focus and again in the FA report that I read through that was a key part of it wasn't it they, they want to put to find ways to just uh, and in general I think it's a, it's a it's a full sporting conversation as ever football is in the beginning middle and end of everything but to put these women as genuine sport and role models out there not just but primarily but not just for young women and girls but also in general to sort of say that this is this is an ongoing thing mm-hmm. that this isn't going anywhere and again the the euros are going to be crucial around that too yeah and i think also you know the euros obviously will be live on i think they're going to be on channel four yeah. aren't they this year you know, channel, yeah. channel four so you know you'll be able to, to watch it on there but also going back to the spring series and it being a showcase a lot of teams have been putting it online on Facebook and on their te- television channels for, f- for free for people to watch. And yeah. Liverpool's game the other night got over 300,000 hits on it, you know, f- f- people watching it and over a thousand comments. And, you know, people are engaging and people are watching it. And I think this, that's the reason why the Spring Series is so important running into the Euros as well as that it's drumming up the, the, the interest in it. And people then will want to see how England are getting on at the Euros. There's, in terms of that sort of that representation, it's it's one of the hardest things I think is, and it's something that again I've I've, I've said on shows before, but I will say again that from a male perspective, you know, whenever there's there's tutting around diving or anything like that, and I'm always like, you know, these, these people are meant to be role models, etc., etc. Yeah. I'm always I, I was always genuinely, genuinely a skeptic around all that sort of stuff around sport, and then one day I went to a Liverpool ladies game and there was five uh, under eleven. Uh, girls to me right and they were all talking about what the players were doing and they were all talking about how the players were talking to each other and they were all talking about the game yeah. and it sort of occurred to me there that I think men forget that you spend an entire lifetime with sport and role models so you can sort of go mm. yeah I'm not bothered yeah. well, well they're not really role models are because you've just got you know you've got a whole you've got a gamut to choose yeah, from you're right. and that's so something which again here in, both in terms of the local level with the, with, with the spring series and the clubs as they're playing but also with this sort of nationwide thing that's it's the most important thing that can almost be taken from it is that it's an open access view towards yeah. all sports, but especially football. No, you're right. And I think the girls realise that they are role models, so they they understand that, that that's what they have to do. So the way that they conduct themselves on the pitch, the way they conduct themselves after, I think the fact that the girls probably sign every single autograph yeah. in, the, in the entire crowd at the end of the game, despite whether you've lost, whether you've had a bad game, they stay at the end and they make sure that they speak to the fans, they sign autographs, they have pictures because they know how important that is. Because not just because we're trying to promote the game, but the fact that you are a role model and, and you might just influence one of those young girls to then take part and play football yeah. and, and whether it just be at local level or whether it be playing for Liverpool, playing for Everton, going on to, to represent your country. And mm-hmm. and I think that's something that, that needs to stay in the game. So I think it's a nice part, the, the whole family atmosphere that, like you said, it was really nice to hear the, you know, the young girls saying, oh, they talk to each other and look how the left back performs and look what the centre midfielder does. And that is really, really important. Uh, and yeah. on that, I noticed that this week on Manchester City, when Manchester City men were playing West Bromwich Albion, uh, there was a. It was striking to me that Steph Horton was 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 amongst the commentary team, amongst the sort of the panel, and I thought that that was just a really. 
again, I think it helped that it was the Manchester City the fuss they were making around Zabaleta. But I thought again that that, that felt like a like, like a warm thing. But it was noticeable that there was that focus on. It was perfectly valid and fine as it should be for her to discuss, for instance, defensive shape. Where, who's stepping out? Who's yeah. doing this? Who's who's calling that line? And I think that that shows that as cynical as you can be sometimes around the TV broadcasters that. They are having a go. Yeah, they are. And I think it was a bold statement from Sky. I also think, you know, Manchester City, they've they've put Steph Horton forward to, to do that because they know that she can talk the game. She does know the, the ins and outs of defending and, and the tactical shape and, and why the centre-half should have done this because she's played for, for a good number of years. And whether it's men's football or women's football, yes, it's slightly different in, in the pace aspect. But the actual technical, tactical know-how is, is exactly the same. Is the look ahead for the next five years, Heather? You know, we've been talking on these shows now. I think it's for two or three, uh, and sort of mm. beginning to. You've noticed an upturn in, in attendances across this season, uh, the spring series, and also we've noticed in general sort of an, up, an upturn in in goals. It it is an ambitious plan that they put in the FA, but it it feels at the minute at least very very feasible. It could obviously very much do with it, with 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 the home nations performing, especially England strongly in the uh, in the Euros. Yeah, and especially like the, the FA, you know, putting initiatives in there. You know, they've got the sister club scheme at the moment, and Liverpool have got, I think it's four sister clubs, four <laughs> to five sister clubs, and at every game, home game this season, we've had the girls being ball girls and mascots. And at the end, they get to meet you know the players, they get to meet Mighty Red, which they all enjoy doing. And, um, <laughs> probably more so, yeah. yeah, probably more so Mighty Red than the girls, but you know, and they enjoy going and seeing the girls, and it's great for them to go as a team I think and watch them play and when you do see the girls in the crowd there's a lot of girls in their local you know football kits and it's great to see girls with their dads you know dads taking the girls yeah. down and I, I noticed on a lot of the photographs from the game the other night along the front when the players were signed afterwards it was a lot of little girls and little boys with their dads standing behind them taking pictures yeah. you know and, and stuff like that and you know a lot of put, stuff gets put on Twitter you know saying oh you know here I am with Liverpool ladies playing you don't see that so much with the men you know, you can, you know they are approachable and they are there uh, for you to chat to. <laughs> yeah. Join Tramid in 1994. But you joined Tramid very, very young in 1994. I was very young, yeah. Yeah, very, very young yeah. indeed, it's worth saying. So, you know, <laughs> moving forward from there, it's been, you know, you've therefore, you've almost documented this in a strange way, you know, through your own existence, your, your own life, the last sort of what's gone on the last the, the last 20 years of, of women's football. And it, it only seems... Now, I mean, we mentioned Nats County before, but it only seems as though the direction of travel is, is going one way. That's not to sort of welcoming complacency, but in general, whilst there's always setbacks, whilst there's always someone about to say that, you know, a, a woman journalist shouldn't comment on X, Y or Z, yeah. whilst there's always the idea that there's, you know, occasionally patronising comments around the game and all of that sort of stuff, the overall, and you, you can get focused on that, the overall trajectory of travel, Sue, is, is hugely positive. Oh, yeah, it is. And I think you're always going to get one person maybe saying something negative about the game or about let you say a, a journalist or a, a female footballer talking about the men's game but you've got to look at the positives and you've got to look at attendances are getting better you know the standards getting better you know more people want to watch it on the tv and i think that that's all a positive and and i think the fact that now the girls are a full-time professional the majority of them yeah. is again a, a massive plus because not only for them is it is it better they've got their their rest periods which is is quite important but it, which is going to improve the, the standard of play but i just think it, it just makes the the whole game better to, to watch for the, the viewer 
It's making it more professional, isn't it, as a whole as well? You know, especially, I know I started watching it religiously five years ago and the level of professionalism since I started watching has been astounding. So, you know, I don't know how you found it over the last, you know, you've watched it a lot longer than I have. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. And well, when we trained at Tranmere, we used to train on on a pitch where if there was any dog muck on their thing, you had to put a cone over it. And, you know, we we sometimes trained where we couldn't afford the the floodlights. So we had to train, you know, at the the back with car lights on, you know, just things like that, that people, you know, probably you speak to some of the younger players now, they will never have experienced anything like that. Um, You're a bit jealous? Yeah, loads. I just wish I was like 10, 20 years younger because obviously you would think if, if you could have started at that point, it, yeah. it would have been even far ahead than, than what it is now. But the fact that it is improving and it is growing is, is great to see. Excellent. Uh, thank you very much indeed for Susan for coming in and as ever for Heather for both writing a match reports for us but also uh, keeping uh, keeping us abreast of what's gone on. We'll be having another chat, I think, hopefully before the final game of the season, uh, one that everybody should be looking forward to. Uh, with a bit of luck, Liverpool have 13 points on the board from five games and I'm, you know, I'm really quite good at maths and that suggests that they've only dropped points in one. Uh, and in an eight-game series, that gives them every single chance in indeed uh, we're going to get back over now if you are listening to the podcast and we will be back in a second or two uh, talking about the supporters committee and what's going on there with Jay McKenna uh, John Gibbons and Steve Graves this is the Anfield Wrap sort of on Radio City Talk sort of not we can do what we want can't we really welcome back the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk Neil Atkinson John Gibbons Jay McKenna and Steve Graves going to talk to Jay especially but everyone really in a minute or two about supporter engagements at Liverpool uh, in the light of the uh, supporters committee being disbanded this week I'll get Jay, let Jay put you the context in and all of that uh, but there is a uh, an installation that's gone on in uh, in London, uh, Rich Mix in East London. And it's, uh, I'll read it out, a new film installation and project on the roles of fanzines in Hillsborough, Walk to Justice and Liverpool's working class resistance under Thatcher. Uh, it is uh, it, the DIY knowledge until June the 2nd. It's open daily 11 at 10 a.m. till 11 p.m. in Richmond's Lower Gallery. If you're down in London uh, at any point between now and June the 2nd, uh, you can see that it's been directed by Hamza Hassan and Ali Russell, uh, commissioned by DIY Cultures, which is the UK's largest zine festival. Uh, it features interviews with Neil Atkinson. Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm reading them in the order he sent them, by the way, Kevin Sampson. Sheila Coleman, John and John from Red All Over the Land, Jexy Dodd, Dave Hardman, uh, Peter Hooten and Pete Naylor. It's uh, 30 minutes on loop all day with selections of archive footage. And it's an ongoing project uh, with a larger exhibition planned. Uh, the issues covered include the demonisation of football fans, ID cards, working class resistance under Thatcher, Liverpool's identity and so on and so forth. They're still looking for more information on that. Um, if you've got, like, for instance, back issues of what's the score or the, the when Sunday comes editor, it's an ongoing project that they're doing. And also they're looking for stuff from other clubs as well. So if you know anyone who's particularly into fanzines, it's DIY Cultures ZAC, Zach, DIY Cultures Zach at gmail.com, uh, DIY, at, at DIY Cultures Fair on Twitter, and DIY Cultures on Facebook. Uh, if you want to know more about it that's where to go Uh, but that is going on until June the 2nd and you can go in there and see me amongst other people and I'm sure the other people say much more interesting things than I do on loop from 10am till 11pm but the outreach stuff is important so have a little think about that if you know of anyone who's very much into the fanzines and old collector uh, give that email address a shout diycultureszack at gmail.com and uh, yeah if you go down let me know what it's like I may or may not get down for it Uh, if I do I'll let you know what it's like you know what I mean that's the way this whole thing works listen uh, great to have the people I've got in front of me. So, Jay, we will shift on now and have a little chat about the supporters' committee. Uh, it's been disbanded this week by Liverpool. Uh, why? Um, well, Liverpool seem to have um, recognised, acknowledged, understood, felt, one of those words, depending, I suppose, where you're sitting on this and if, if you paid attention to it, which I, I, I'm going to guess... 
an awful lot of people listening maybe haven't paid as close attention to it as I do. Um, or have, or it's unlikely that Jay in it. Or, or have heard about, yeah, I think, it's, I think that's fair unless you're someone listening and you're on the supporters committee. Hello. Um, Liverpool decided that the way they'd set up the supporters committee maybe wasn't working um, and wanted to review it. Um, and they published this uh, week uh, an article on their site saying that um, there'll be a new consultation programme for, for supporters, a new setup, a new fan a new fan liaison model, they say, um, which is the result of comprehensive research uh, and insight that Populous have been doing for them. Um, supporters may well remember that the club set up the supporters committee, I think, back in 2011 uh, as a way of engaging directly with the club on issues that affected them and had various constituents um, or constituencies that were represented by people who were appointed originally. And, different stakeholders and things. Yeah, different stakeholders, so LGBT, BME, uh, you know, local supporters, Merseyside, um, international young supporters, international uh, range of people. And it's all, all, all that probably, you know, if people are interested can, can have a look on the Liverpool um, website. But Liverpool decided to review and it seems that populists have come back to them and certainly said that the current model isn't working. Um, you know, they did talk to different people. I was interviewed on behalf of Spitters of Shankly. I know people from Spine, Copway and others were. Um, and I've decided that or if, I, I think I would guess from what's being said and you know, e- emails of exchange with populists, sending them copies of our report that there is an acknowledgement things haven't been going well, uh, which might be an understatement to anyone who's heard us talk about supporter issues, namely around ticketing and access, um, that it hasn't been going well. Um, uh, and there's going to be a change to be announced this weekend uh, properly. And in the meantime, uh, with Spirit of Shankly, you've actually been working on fan engagement and consultation processes yourselves. Yeah, so uh, Kev Rye, um, who formerly worked for Supporters Direct and, and does this kind of stuff, um, we, we spoke to him and said, well, while Liverpool are doing it, maybe it's an opportunity for us to just have a conversation with ourselves and with supporters and people close to us about what we think it should look like and on a um, significantly lower budget than populous, I'm sure. Uh, Kev... Uh, interviewed a few people I know we spoke to you Neil and, and, and Robbo as well about how it can and should be done uh, but, but I think mainly I'm on the phone for ages lovely yeah, fella yeah lovely fella <laughs> it's like Populous I said to the fella from Populous do you want to meet me and work and he was like yeah great he said that it'll only take about an hour or two hours later I'll let him out the room uh, yeah, nearly put him straight. So we'll see about that <laughs> yeah, yeah. do you want to bet mate hope <laughs> <laughs> you haven't got a dinner time appointment um, but you know we, a, a conversation about what the issues were because I think what sort of you know, I think the problems of support and engagement at Liverpool are that they attempted to put a fix in that actually just compounded things that had never been fixed in the first place. So, you know, we'd had the Hicks and Gillette period and we'd had angst and a question about what comes next and mistakes and problems that are that were there then were sort of just, you know, oh, we'll just plaster over them and we'll create this supporters committee and then there were cracks and then that quite didn't work. So they plastered over that and added new constituencies and added elections and some a veneer of democracy to it. And it just kept actually never fixing the problem, really. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I think, you know, I think what might, what might come from this, and I certainly think it's just been a big missed opportunity, you know, for us to actually sit there and talk to the club and, and have everybody completely on the same side. You know, Shankly always said that about that, the Holy Trinity. And I always think, you know, the power of this club is best harnessed by working with your fans. You know, that we are one of Liverpool's biggest resources. You know, John's just had people from Atlanta in. You know, then people will feel instantly closer to Liverpool because Gibbo's just done that. So, you know, when they announced this new model, we're making Gibbo the, um, the international ambassador, I think. <laughs> it's something, I'll go over to you on this, John. It's, 
it, I mean, if it, it does also sort of strike at the core, and we'll find out what, what more at the weekend to come. But it does strike at the core as to you know what we actually sort of want from the club, but also what what does the club want from us? And I think it's. It's it, it, it's quite. I mean, we, it's we we probably done shows where we talked about this for an hour. It's quite a complex thing to sort of try to do into into a few sentences. But it's it's something that I mean, it's good to see them wrestling with it. Uh, yeah. Let, let, let's let's accentuate that particular positive first and foremost. Yeah, I think you know the easiest thing to do maybe would have been to continue with the status quo. I mean, I don't know how happy they were by the growing numbers of spirits of Shankly people on the um, on the supporters committee. What's commented on in a few times, <laughs> I think, John. Yeah. So, so maybe maybe that's something that they're, they're trying to get away from. I mean, it, look, it all depends on on what comes to replace it, and we're going to hear more. But you know, the, the four things the populace have come up with in terms of the focus, I don't see how anyone could argue with any of those. I mean, I mean, someone will somewhere, but you know, it's very <laughs> difficult. It's very difficult to argue. How with. is Jay? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I wasn't talking about Jay. But, um, I'm sure. He's on about the Facebook subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the four things that they've come up with, you go, well, yeah, I think that's, that they are, they are very important things. I mean, there might be things people want to add, but I think a lot of the times it's, it's an attitude thing and it's, if you feel like sometimes the attitude of the football club or, or some people connected is that oh, fans of people to be appeased or fans of people to be worried about or fans of people are going to be people you can cause trouble and, you know, the, the quieter we can keep them, the better. And, and that doesn't have to be the attitude. I think it could be the attitude of, well, these are people who are actually going to do a lot for us for... For, for nothing if you if you kind of use them right really these are you know ambassadors these are people who are you know our, our best marketing team are the people who are going to go around and tell the world how brilliant yeah. liverpool are and and to have that kind of go in and go well you know the you know let's let's make sure you know we're, we're giving these people everything that we can so the so they're proud of our football club rather than going well you know it'd be a lot easier if it wasn't for the supporters which is which is somehow how you how you you know might be unfair but that's sometimes how you how you kind of led to feel Steve, it's uh, you can't argue with the four uh, the four strategic uh, things that have been sort of pointed out there. I don't think you know tickets availability, ticket prices, stadium related issues, and local supporter engagement. A lot of them I do feel a little you know the, it's it's and I think it's important and I think it's important that on, on bodies like this, we on, on shows like this and and in general we say no one's saying this is easy. No one's saying this is easy certainly for Liverpool. Not, certainly not ticket availability. No, no, no one's saying that this is this is easy for Liverpool. And also it's important to, again for Liverpool supporters I think to acknowledge that our problems are not universal. That you know for instance ticket availability is not a problem for Sunderland even though they, mm. they sell they sell a good number of tickets, but ticket availability is not an issue there. And it's. It's, it's, I think everyone, we've all got to try to be effectively as mature as possible about it and say, well, let's, we, we want you to treat us like grown-ups, so we're going to be grown-ups. Yeah, and, and I mean, you, you know, our problems are not universal and, and, and our solutions aren't going to be universal. You know, you hear people talk about ex-football club that does Y or, you know, and, so, and some, sometimes there are clubs in, in this country, sometimes elsewhere. Obviously, there's loads to be learned from what other clubs do, but you do need solutions that, that fit Liverpool's particular problems. Um the th- you know and and again in in the club's defence you'd say well you know they're by no means the worst on this score in the league but then they're the ones we support so they're the ones we're going to take an interest in <laughs> you know you can't you, you you can't just go oh well go to someone else who's got better fan engagement and and clubs down the years and and some clubs more so than Liverpool have have sort of relied on that um, and I think in the end you get diminishing returns from it um, it is it's a virtuous circle for for those of us who you know the sort of football with without fans or nothing kind of um, side of things um, as well as people who want to make money out of the game there is there is this virtuous circle that um, you know that if everybody's happier everybody's happier I guess, I guess as John said you know we, we are their best their best marketing team uh, and on on all that John so to pull, pull that together back to I know something you've been 
very good at in the past and I'm remaining in the present. It's to survey 10,000 people is a serious thing. I think it's, it's worth putting yeah. that out as well. I mean, that shows the, again, that there's, that it's that, even that in of itself, the first, uh, could be the first step towards serious engagement. 10,000 responses to, to any survey is, is major and it's, it allows significant, significant numbers and weight and, 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 and subtlety of analysis to come out of that. Yeah, it takes, yeah, I mean, that used to be my job. It takes ages to analyse, I'll tell you that, especially if there's open-ended stuff where Liverpool fans are just writing and writing and writing. I'm, I'm the love of chat. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it takes a long time to analyse it. It's, you know, it's, it's the kind of number where you can start splitting by country and things like that, and it's still representative. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a solid thing, and, you know, they, they have had a go. They've, they've got an expensive company to do it, which, you know, they maybe didn't have to do, you know, they, you know, because I'm sure for... You were going. <laughs> yeah, I'd have, I'd have been a lot cheaper than Populous, I'll tell you that. So, um, so you know, they've, they've got one of the most expensive, um, you know, firms in the country who, who you know, very reputable and, and you know, they've had a good go. And you, you feel like, you know, that there are people at the club whose who's, who's heart's in the right place at the start of these situations. It's just whether their heart ends up in the right place at the end. Like I'm sure, I think the supporters committee was, I think the supporters committee yeah, was largely put together with the right ideas. Um, it just kind of fell apart because the people who said they were committed to it at the start, and let's remember what, you know, they're like, you know, what, how many how many a year was um, was, was John Henry meant to go to? The he, the he put in there? Two. Two, two, two out of every four. And how many did he go to? In total, I think it was probably zero, a, wasn't probably it? about two. I think, <laughs> in I, all I, the years I don't he's even been, think it was that. I think and he's so, been to one. One, I think he's been. And to. So I'm, I'm not particularly meaning to have a go with John Henry, although I have good done a little bit. It's just an example of when people put these things together, Shit. it could be with the best intentions, and I'm sure he meant well, that when he put it in because he didn't have to put it in. But then it kind of slips away, and there's mistrust, and there's oh they they're not on our side, so we're going to ignore them. On that, Jay, just sort of with, with with reference to what might come out on Saturday and what might continue to come out uh, going forward from that point, is that an important part of this that? That there's no, don't try to come up with the right answer. Just come up with the, the answer that best fits and suits and which is most workable, if you know what I mean. So don't sort of go, no, what we're going to do, John Emery's going to knock at every season ticket to hold his door and have a big chat with them. Don't do that. Yeah. Just come up with, come up with the just workable processes rather than idealistic processes. Yeah, like our, our view in our report, which is on our site, was, was SOS has been around for years. We've been doing this before the sports committee was about. With a support, with a recognised supporters' trust and supporters' trust to this and other clubs, and we were saying, if you want to just be very basic, you can just use this vehicle already, or you can redo how you you can carry on with your sports committee and redo that if you're going to do that. But you need to do something, and I I think Liverpool, you know, I hope and this statement seems to allude to, they've taken an opportunity to maybe do a bit of a reset here, and I think people shouldn't think it's going to be. You know, it's going to solve all our ills. And despite those four key areas around ticket availability, ticket prices, stadium-related issues and supporter engagements, people are still going to be, you know, commenting on Facebook saying, I can't get a ticket and I think you need to do X, Y or Z on season tickets or on away tickets and it shouldn't be, it should be a ballot or it should be credits and stuff like that. People are still going to have that conversation, but Liverpool needed to create a place in which you could have that conversation a bit better. And I think, I think John's right. With the best of intentions, they created the supporters committee, but for a number of reasons, much more nuanced to go into on this programme and bore everyone to death with, you know, they just compounded mistake with another mistake or, with you know, just slight missteps without actually explaining it to people. But there's a chance to, to probably just be a bit more transparent with people and help them understand, you know, the one thing that stands out for me in the past few years of doing this is the ticket and working group worked much better because we had a proper understanding of what we were trying to solve, what the purpose of it was, but that the, the club knew we were going to talk to supporters and we 
also got a better insight into what the issues were the club challenge with and wrestle with. Okay, uh, thanks for going through all that with us, Jay. Just very quickly, we asked um, we asked us, uh, Susan Black. Uh, we sent her an email asked if Liverpool wants to put anyone. She's uh, Liverpool's uh, head of uh, director of communications. She came back with a really nice email, uh, which I'm not going to read out because it's just a personal email. But she said it came back with a nice email, which you know reflects the fact that maybe I forgot to send the email earlier this week. And we said, yeah, I was going to say we didn't give them a huge amount. No, of we time. didn't give them a huge amount of time. So that, but what she's come back, what it is in the email is that if we are doing stuff on supported engagement going forward the club may well uh, come and take part and we'd absolutely love that so if anyone's listening from the club when we do this sort of stuff here on the on-field wrap so sorry I sent the email well Andy in the end sent the email because I, I was like oh Andy can you just send it and because he, he asked me if I'd sent it and yeah it's my cock up basically <laughs> that's what I'm driving at uh, so I'll, I'll wear this one but no one's perfect that's what I'm trying to drive at here in this report. Uh, anyway 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 uh, yeah uh, huge thank you Jay for working through that and Liverpool for getting back with an email this afternoon which they really didn't have to do uh, moving forward then back to focusing on the middles for the game uh, Steve Graves I will be playing an unchanged team I probably would be I'd be looking at Firmino uh, oh. yeah before Origi I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm playing Daniel Storage. Sam, I'm, I live with that. I mean, I live with that. that's my default set. You were definitely able to be launched out this time. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm absolutely playing Storage. I mean, I think the argument is that maybe you need um, someone to take some some of the weight away from from Storage in terms of putting putting a shift in. And, and Origi definitely did that at West Ham, albeit some of the quality wasn't always there. Um, he did at the bar. He did he did, he did all right. Um, I think, um, but I think Firmino can do that for you provided 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 they're confident that he's you know 85 90 percent if not then i can see an argument for holding him back and going pretty much unchanged i don't don't see any case for changing anywhere else you change I, it i know i wouldn't change it no for me it's not trained with the team all week so uh, i don't unless he's coming back and he looks flying i think i think then he's got an argument to make i think you know they're saying he's touch and go just just keep him back on the bench you know it's nice to have a good substitute he was terrific on the bench when he came on at west Brom, was stoke. it stoke yeah they all, they all get mixed up what are the, what are the ones they wanna one of the ones they force hard and wanna all, all the away brawls yeah, yeah yeah one of them away but he was terrific when he come on i think he's just kind of somebody watches the game who who, who, who looks for who thinks about the game yeah he thinks about the game when he's watching in, in terms of a sub and i think you know he's a, he's a really good option and you know if we are yeah, I think it was. I mean, it's your point from earlier in the week, but I'm stealing it because you know this is all. It's all just an ideas cloud. This the Anfield vibe, isn't much it? So. Um, You know, if you if you bring it for me, no one on sixty, and and it's still no, everyone's a bit nervy. It gives people a bit more of a boost than if it's if it's a Regi for 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 me now, and I think that's that's important in terms of keeping the crowd on side as well. Not that I think it'll be the no no or sixty. I think that is, that's that is my position on it, Jay. Is the idea of if you do need to make a sub, uh, then I think what you if if the sub needs to be if the game's in a certain scenario, my the worst the nightmare situation is it's nil nil one sixty nil nil one sixty five because everyone will get edgy, the players will get edgy, yeah. the crowd will get edgy. So I think the players need to look to the bench and go, oh, it's this fella who's going to help us out, and the supporters need to look to the bench and go, this fella's coming on, let's get right behind him. Yeah, with these lads, I think yeah, there'll be a natural, you know, there'll be a natural thing, wouldn't it? He, he brings off someone who's either not working or a defensive player. Brings on for me, and you know, there's that natural thing where it, it's a G up for people. Into for these lads, come on, yeah, and, big five. And then he goes and runs around. He can go and run around mad for 25 minutes and annoying people and harassing defenders, which will get everyone going. Uh, you know, win a free kick or two straight away, and, and that'll that'll get everyone pumped if you know they're a bit nervous. Uh, my other thing on it as well is energy. my other thing on it as well is I like I like the two I liked what you saw with the two up front of West Ham, and I think you know in the last few weeks, Jay, when we struggled against these against the side too, who, who aren't as good as us uh, at home but who've got results 
we've been playing a similar way. We've been doing similar things. The thing is, that team, if Origi starts up front with storage, it'll be going onto the pitch feeling like, well, we're doing something different here. Everyone's going, we're doing something a bit different. This is this is the this is the path today. This worked against West Ham. We got four last week. We're doing something different. This can come for he us. Scored against them last time as well, Origi, didn't he? And he's he did. He yeah, he did, got did, tapping. Yeah, yeah. Did, great and, move. Great move. Yeah, and, and, he, he and I think, you know, and and, and he's. You know, maybe it might finish the season on a nice high, and it's, and it's giving him confidence. To, you know, I, I think it'd be he hasn't been good, and, and he hasn't been as good as he has been, should I say? And it would be, I think, disheartening for if he, if he thought to himself, "I'm going to be benched for a fellow who's not even sure he's fit here." You know, and that that might affect it. I'd, I'd rather start him, um, and it's it it says something about well, hang on, he's playing really well, lads. He's playing really well. Yeah. Go out there and do the same thing again. You know, not, Klopp doesn't have to give a team talk. Go out there and do what you're doing last week. And he'll be really good. And I think, you know, Firmino then if he comes on, what a hell of a, you know, what a hell of a last 20 minutes that could be if we need to go. <sighs> I suppose, yeah. <laughs> what if we need two to make it, like, to come third or something? Or or we need we need one to get a playoff? Nah, I'm bring, yeah, well, you know what? What if, t- what, what if we're 1-0 down and it could go 2-0 and the playoff's on? It'd be boss bringing Firmino on. Yeah. Firmino will change it all. Yeah. What needs to, 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 get, to, to get the playoffs? Do um, we need to get B2 now. And Arsenal. No, City draw 3 3. No, that's for the. We can have a playoff with City as well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that one's. There's a City playoff potential oh, as well. Oh, yeah. Weird. yeah. And there's also an Arsenal v City one who play, get third <laughs> or fourth. I'm thinking my marriage will be over if I have another game to go to. City <laughs> <laughs> yeah. games get swift, won't it? Unless they do it out there. You should just do it out there. Imagine you bought a ticket for uh, Danny Agger and you suddenly got that playoff. Talk, talk. <laughs> You'd be chuffed, wouldn't you? The worst is it's Danny and you Stephen Gerrard have probably got a contract saying, no, lads, you said I can play in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Throw him on, last five. See the way in which it's going. It's How got... much are flights to Sydney right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is, it's, uh, it's, it's all the everything, really, and that's... Uh, the, the other thing as well, John, is that it's it's a massive game and what we've seen this season at home, uh, I think you see it, uh, certainly this, this calendar year at home against Arsenal, at home against Spurs, at home against Chelsea, I thought we started quick and it's what we possibly haven't seen enough of elsewhere, but this is a massive game and it'd be nice to see Liverpool take this size, they were already relegated, they were surely pretty demoralised, they were just trying to make one final point in the Premier League and all this sort of stuff. It'd be nice to see Liverpool very much show them that it's not worth their effort after the first 15 minutes. I'd be really surprised if they don't, they're just going to be pumped full of adrenaline, I think. If you, I think if you go to that training ground now, they, they all want to play today. I imagine, you know, play, let us play tonight, let us play tonight, mm. that's how they'll be feeling. I think they'll be absolutely pumped full of adrenaline and I think you're going to probably have to calm them down rather than anything. Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough aren't at, at Burnley. They're not. A, they're not a collection of players by and large who are pretty much going to be there next. Season. You know, and, and I can. I think most, almost every footballer always gives what they their version of one hundred percent on that day. But I think you you get the feeling that an awful lot of those players have already got their going to have their heads elsewhere. And you've seen that with other teams. West Ham, not not least West Ham last week. You know, footballers who, who pretty much. I, I mean, I was made up when he didn't pick Noble um, because it just felt like that's an extra yeah. footballer in there who isn't really. That invested in what happens to this this football team and, and and what you know what day these fans have and all that kind of thing that they're thinking perfectly understandably about about what their next move is and we need Middlesbrough to be in that mindset and need to put them in that mindset by scoring. Early. Yeah, 
I mean, it's, it's even interesting just the, the notes on the BBC website in terms of, you know, the, the that Steve Agnew, it's very much valedictory. I've enjoyed it in some ways. I knew it was a huge challenge at the end of the season. We didn't get what we set out to achieve. That's come as a huge disappointment. Uh, players and I have a good relationship on mutual respect. We haven't won enough football matches. It's difficult to accept, but at the same time, I've learned lots and learned about yourself helps you move forward. This is not a fellow who's talking about the game on Sunday, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, this, is, this, is, this is, this is, this is, this and the, and, it, Yeah, and, and equally, he's not, he's not someone who isn't getting a round of applause at the end of, you know, he's, he's they, they all love him and everything. And, but I mean, they have been draw specialists this summer, this season, haven't they? To a certain extent, that's what kept them just about not, you know, not just about with a chance of, of staying up for a while. Um, so I suppose that, that there must be something there that to, some some little challenge there, anyway. Uh, all right then, a uh, huge thank you uh, to the three people in front of me. I'm going to ask them for a prediction in this in a second. Uh, and when they all go for a win, I'm going to have this slight doom laden <laughs> thing in my stomach, though. I was worried about this game uh, until Liverpool put the performance in they put in against West Ham United. It means that Liverpool have just got one job left to do, and it is win the football match that's in front of them. Um, John Gibbons, are they going to do that, and by what scoreline? And yeah. also, what are Man City going to do? 4-0 Liverpool. Um, I think City will get over the line as well. City's come third. 2-1, yeah. yeah. Okay, Jay? Uh, Liverpool 3-0, City 1-0. Uh, <sighs> What's that uh, mean? Who's uh, doing maths? Uh, we're third there, in that. The okay. Goal scored. Yeah. Oh, goal scored. That's saucy, isn't it? <laughs> oh, imagine that. Nails bought goals, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. Uh, yeah, I'm going Liverpool 3-0 as well, but I think City will win 1-0. City will just do enough. Um, and then I make, I make what ha- Let's make what happens at the end and it's be absolutely redundant. Uh, I think that's the most important thing. It's the thing Liverpool have got to focus on across the afternoon. It's been knocking around all over the place. I'll say it without swearing. Liverpool Football Club just win. Sports Social Podcast Network.